Welcome NFL football fans that time again. This is an Inside Sports production. It is time for NFL football talk. I'm your host, Charles E. Smith Jr. A great show coming up. We're going to be uh, breaking down the games of week one. Uh, we're going to have the five best games. We're going to give you our picks. Now, also, we do have, for all you fantasy football players out there, our resident expert is going to give you uh, some tips for setting your lineup for week one. And then, for some of you who may be in the neighborhood of Vegas or something, we've got our Gambler's Delight special that we're going to give you at the end of the show as well. And then remember, this year we are cranking everything up, so uh, be watching in the coming weeks. Gerald Glassford and Anthony Barbarin, for all of you uh, NBA fans out there, they're going to be breaking that down every week for you. Uh, so all kinds of good stuff going on here at Inside Sports. And remember, you can follow on Twitter at The Inside Sports. So let's go ahead and get everything cranked up here. Without any further ado, here he is, my co-host, the man that I really need to get things cranked up here from somewhere in an undisclosed location in Southern California, where again it has been sweltering, although the heat has died down a little bit here. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris L Sports. Here he is, the pride of Rutgers University, Chris Lardieri. Chris, what's happening out there, man? Charles, the introduction never gets old. Thank you. Uh, I can't believe the NFL season is upon us. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, fantastic. Now, you know, breaking news, and remember, we're doing this on Tuesday, September 5th, so if you're watching it later, maybe there's some news that came out, and we it's not on here. It's because maybe it didn't happen yet, but this is Tuesday, September 5th. We're projecting for the upcoming games. Uh, well, Ezekiel Elliott, that's the big news. The six-game suspension is upheld, but he will be in the lineup to play against your Cowboy, or excuse me, your Giants on this Sunday night. Uh, so are we, is that a ratings type of a thing, or they say it's because the arbitrator ruled so late in the week, which I don't know if it's late, it's only Tuesday, and it would have been Monday had yesterday not been a holiday, but they say it's because the arbitrator ruled so late in the week that he gets to play in week one and then serve his suspension. Does this, do I smell a rat? I'm not sure what to smell anymore, but you know, <laughs> one of my topics tonight here is going to be the Ezekiel Elliott mess, and allegedly one of the investigators, a female, mind you, said he didn't warrant any suspension, so I'm wondering if that's coming into play, the fact that they know this could drag on, and let's face it, the way things are decided now in the NFL is through uh, appeals and the court of laws we saw during Deflategate, and again, look, I'm going to beat a uh, dead horse here, but under Roger Goodell's watch, <laughs> the NFL's become the people's court, and Ezekiel Elliott is uh, case number two, apparently. Uh, don't know what to think here, really. If I wanted to understand the law, I would have gone to law school, but it should have been a uh, pretty straightforward appeal. But um, hate to play conspiracy theorist here, but there's got to be some sort of smoke, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I think so. There's a, it just all sounds strange. And, you know, even in the wake of all the games being played this week and the Miami-Tampa Bay game being moved out of Miami because of uh, Hurricane Irma, I believe. Is that the one that's coming in there? And uh, it's going to be pretty strong. But, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, something's, uh, something is definitely amiss. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll, we can talk about this later. The uh, gamblers and fantasy football players out there, <laughs> this is really going to have some uh, – some ripple effects, to say the least, but uh, it should make for quite a fascinating Sunday night game. It seemed the seems like the Cowboys and the Giants always open on Sunday night football. So I know uh, over there in Thirty Rock in New York, they're pretty happy about this. <laughs> there we go. So you know what? Let's go ahead and get right into uh, picking the five most intriguing matchups. There are some others, but we could only pick five. So these are the five we settled on. Uh, before we do that, Chris, do you have any? Um, 
Uh, some nuggets of wisdom for all the NFL public out there? Sure. Last year, all we heard was the NFL ratings were down. Was it due to Colin Kaepernick and the national anthem protest? Was it due to the election? I think all the noise has passed. This will be a year where we'll see kind of a clearer picture. Are the NFL ratings up because of that? Are they the same? Are they down? Can we blame it on the quality of product? If they are down, I'm going to throw something out there. Let's blame Tony Romo, who's now in the CBS booth. So maybe we could do that. Um, not sure, but it's an interesting trend to follow. Personally, I'm tired of hearing about whether the ratings are up or down. But when uh, you have some of the top primetime programs in all of television and your ratings slip a little, I, I guess in America now, uh, you're not popular anymore. So interesting <laughs> story to watch as the season develops. Yep, there we go. Okay, so let's go ahead and get right back into it when it comes to uh, interesting stories. Now, two teams whose uh, quarterbacks look like they may be leading them to at least some level of glory last year. The quarterbacks were injured, but now they're healthy. Oakland Raiders at the Tennessee Titans, Derek Carr on one side, Marcus Mariota on the other, and also in the uh, backfields, we got some good running backs there. Of course, Marshawn Lynch coming back to his hometown of Oakland, and DeMarco Murray, who's uh, in, the, in the backfield for Tennessee. So here we've got Oakland is a two-point underdog. The over-under is 50.5, although we don't pick against the spread here. But uh, Chris, how do you see this game? Who, who, would you, who do you think is going to come out on top? Uh, right off the bat, we see two teams, I say, to keep an eye out in the in the AFC. Um, Going to be consistent here. The Raiders traditionally do not do well when they travel east. Last year, they pulled out a couple of close, exciting wins on the East Coast. I remember to open the year against New Orleans, um, even though it's a central time zone, it's a long flight for the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Titans here. I really think it's going to be a close game. Could even be as close as a field goal, but uh, I do think – that the Titans are well-balanced on both sides of the ball. You know, we talk a lot about Marcus Mariota, the the backfield, the fact that Mariota's got some new weapons at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. but what I really like is their offensive line and defensive side of the ball, and I think that's what they're going to do on both sides. They're going to control the line of scrimmage. Uh, Beast Mode's had a year off. Let's see how much rust he's had. Derek right. Carr coming off a broken leg. I think it's a, a good old-fashioned 1970s AFC Oilers versus Raiders slugfest, but I'm picking the Oilers, I mean Titans. <laughs> okay, there you go. And, uh, you know, Dan Pastorini, I'm sure, will be watching, and Ken Stabler would be watching from wherever he is right now. Absolutely. I'm glad, I'm glad someone remembers Pastorini. Almost oh, made it most to the definitely. And so, you know, I'm going to have to go with, uh, I think they've been chomping at the bit, and with Beast Mode coming back, and, uh, hey, Amari Cooper out there and everything. Uh, you know, they got Cooper, Crabtree, and another underrated uh, – addition to the team was also Cordero Patterson, who has a lot of speed, a lot of moves, uh, but he never could quite get into the flow there in Minnesota. I think that's going to help them stretch the field. So, you know, I think this is going to be a great game, but I am going with the uh, underdog Raiders in this one. I think it's good we disagree first game out of the shoot. <laughs> okay, here we go. And next game, uh, two teams obviously familiar with each other ever since they played that uh, championship game a few years back. But the Seattle Seahawks in Green Bay to face the Packers, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, great quarterbacks. Uh, the last time they played, it was Green Bay 38-10 to uh, back in December of last year. Now, a little bit of a wrinkle here. Uh, Eddie Lacy, who was the running back for, um, for Green Bay last year until he got put to the bench for Ty Montgomery. Now he is playing. He's in the backfield for the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks will also be relying on Thomas Rawls. To, uh, to get things done as well. So really, uh, what I look at this game is, 
We know about uh, we know about Rodgers. We know what he can do, and also uh, what Montgomery did in the backfield last year. He was starting to come into his own. Uh, but I look at that that other side, and I think Seattle still has a little bit of magic, even though there's you know they've got problems along the offensive line still. But Green Bay's defense has been known to collapse later on. Uh, Seattle. Cam Chancellor's been signed. Everything is solid with their defense. I think that that may be the difference in this game. So once again, Seattle, the three-point underdog. I'm going to go with Seattle. And by the way, the over-under here is 51 points for anyone who's interested in that sort of thing. But I'm going to take the underdog again, Mr. Lardieri. Again, we're going to disagree. I'm going to go with (laughs) Green Bay being at home. And uh, bottom line here, while Seattle's got a stout defense and essentially it's what's carrying the team, as we know, given the – locker room charades of Richard Sherman v. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Russell Wilson. Um, no one seems to like each other on either side of the ball there. But uh, here's one thing to keep in mind. I think that secondary has been a little vulnerable for Seattle. Not a lot of people are talking about it. Uh-huh. They do have an excellent pass rush. The addition of Sheldon Richardson would help. But at the end of the day, I've, I've watched him too much over the years. Uh, I'm not going to bet against Aaron Rodgers. I saw him carve up this defense last year. Well, I don't think it's a blowout. Um, like you mentioned earlier, I really like the fact that he's got Ty Montgomery, big upgrade over yeah. Eddie Lacy. And let's face it, the guy was a wide receiver at Stanford. He can catch the ball out of a backfield. That's an added dimension they have this year. I'm going with the Packers. Okay, well, there you go. And we shall see. Going to be a fantastic game, just like the first one. And, you know, let's get down to a good old uh, division rivalry. The Philadelphia Eagles, who are a one-point favorite, they're going to be in the nation's capital to take on the Redskins. Uh, the over-under is 47.5. Carson Wentz on one side, a quarterback. We'll see how he does. And then Kirk Cousins, the guy who gets paid $20 million a year, one year at a time. So, hey, great job of managing his career. But, uh, did, did, excuse me, the running back for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, also Darren Sproles is back there. Alshon Dre- Jeffrey, who was in, who was a wide receiver for the Bears for many years, he's now joined. That gives him a way to stretch the field. And uh, but we talk about the defense, D'Angelo Hall, Josh Norman in the defensive backfield. So looks like a pretty good matchup here. What do you think about this one? Yeah, essentially this is a pick 'em. Um, I like the way the Eagles started the year last year, as much as it pains me to say, being a Giants fan, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, essentially, it's year two with Carson Wentz and Peterson at the helm. I think Blunt's an upgrade. You've always got to worry about Sproles. Watch out for Wendell Smallwood, and not just because he's on my fantasy team. He gives him another uh, kind of change of pace back out of, out of the backfield there. Uh, and I like the, the defensive improvements they've made. And, um, look, Kirk Cousins gets paid a lot of money, but uh, when push comes to shove and the game's on the line, he hasn't been able to win the big one. They had a, a, basically a hand-wrapped present to get into the wild card last year and the Giants playing for nothing really worked him over and showed kind of exposed him for what he is uh one thing to keep in mind here I think Cousins and the Redskins are going to miss Sean McVay the new Rams coach they've also lost Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson in free agency right so uh, I'm not sure if that offense is clicking I'm going with the Eagles okay and you know what it took three games but we're finally going to agree on this one I'm going to go ahead and go with the Eagles too but of course Uh, You know, there's only a one-point difference here, so I would not be shocked if the Redskins win, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Eagles here. We're going to agree on this one, finally. No more strife in the Inside Sports Clubhouse. Fittingly, the city of brotherly love brings us together. (laughs) Okay, and then that Sunday night game, your New York Giants, they're going to be in Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Now, the Giants are a a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Uh, The over-under is 47.5. 
and of course Eli Manning, Dak Prescott, and he will have all his weapons there because, like I said, Ezekiel Elliott, for some strange reason, is going to play, even though a six-game suspension, which was given before the season started, has been upheld, but somehow he's going to play in game one and then take six games off. I, I don't get it, but we'll stay tuned for that. Uh, so I'm going to go with, you know, I, maybe, there may be a little bit of a dip in Prescott's play this year. We'll see how he does with the whole sophomore jinx thing, but I like the Giants' defense. Um, I like the way that I think they're going to get back on track this year. Odell Beckham, uh, don't, is he going to play or is he out? Does anyone know? Chris? Still don't know, Still don't know right? <laughs> but, hey, Wayne Gallman out of Clemson at running back, he could be a big surprise for the Giants this year. Something is telling me to go ahead and take the New York Giants. Uh, I'm going to go Giants in this game here. Uh, what do you think? I'm going to agree, and not just because I'm a Giants fan, and don't ever call me a homer. That's one thing I'm not on inside sports. However, right. um, look, I don't want to split hairs here, but let's look at that line. I checked earlier today. The Giants were getting four. I guarantee you a bunch of Cowboys money has come in now that Elliott's back. What do you say, Charles? Yeah. Let's tack on at least another half a point to the point. Giants getting five. <laughs> let's be greedy here. At the very least, these games are always close. They're hard fought. Even if the Giants lose, I could see it being a three- or four-point difference. Take the Giants. Personally, I think OBJ, in his truly dramatic fashion, will try and make a Willis Reed-like entrance onto the field. Uh, he's off getting <laughs> rehab somewhere in the desert of, of Phoenix. Uh, I think he plays even if he's on 100%. I'll take a 70% OBJ. Um, the one thing to worry about, though, I think even for Elliott playing, is that Giants defensive line led by Snacks Harrison. They know how to stuff the run. So I think they're going to basically put a lot of men in the box, maybe – creep Landon Collins up and say, you're not going to beat us. Steve. Let's see if Dak can beat us. And, and that will be the telltale sign between who wins and loses this game. Yeah, that's true. And then one thing, as far as a plus for Dallas, they're saying that uh, Des Bryant, uh, the great wide receiver, he's finally healthy for the first time in probably three seasons here. He's always had the, uh, you know, the foot, the leg problems, things like that, but they say he's healthy and uh, due for a big year. So this should be a good game and, uh, you know, a great game for, Fittingly to end the day on Sunday. Absolutely. Okay, and then the last game we're going to go to Monday. The Los Angeles, I got it this right this time, the Los Angeles Chargers in Denver. <laughs> in another uh, division matchup, they're going to play the Broncos. They're a three-and-a-half-point underdog right now. Uh, the over-under is 43. So Phillip Rivers on one side. Trevor Simeon is going to start under center for the uh, Denver Broncos. The Broncos with an added dimension of firepower with uh, Jamal Charles in the backfield there. Uh, how do you see this one? I don't know why I'm very off the intuition on this. And you would normally think Simeon year two in the offensive system, um, the fact that that defense is essentially still intact despite the uh, release of T.J. Ward, uh, the fact that they had seem to have the Chargers numbers. I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to go with the Chargers getting the three in the hook. Ooh. I think it could be a close game. If you look at what happened last year, the Chargers beat the Broncos on a Thursday night, and they also – should have at least come within a point of losing to the Broncos late in the game. Rivers couldn't get the ball in the end zone in the red zone. They ended up losing by, uh, I believe it was eight. So uh, for whatever reason, I think it'll be a close game, but the Chargers cover the number. Um, the, the second LAC team in Los Angeles, not the Clippers, will cover. I don't know if they'll get their first win in the city of Angels where no one seems to care about them. <laughs> okay, and, and by the way, you know, the, the Broncos, they picked up Brock, Brock Osweiler again after he was cut last week. And I'm be, beginning to wonder, is, 
Is Brock Osweiler to the Broncos what Matt Flynn was to the Packers, where only he can only play in that system and, and no other system? Yeah, and apparently if you have one great game on national TV, you get yourself a big contract and uh, live off that the rest of your life too. So, um, yeah, I'll tell you what, the Broncos better hope that, uh, that Simeon doesn't get hurt because I, uh, honestly, I think at this point I might prefer Paxton to Ross Osweiler than you. Yeah, definitely. But I'm going to go with the, I got to go with the Broncos here. I mean, playing at home and uh, Jamal Charles uh, in the backfield. And there's a lot of uh, the, the, Char- the Denver Broncos team is really upbeat. The Broncos defense is still just as fierce as ever. And we got Phillip Rivers, who, you know, he knows how to give away a game here and there. So I'm going to go with Denver in this one. Come on, have a little faith in Phillip. He stayed. He didn't uproot his kids from San Diego. He's got himself a driver to go to practice. Give the guy some credit. I know he is a choke artist at times. <laughs> All righty. So just to recap before we get into the uh, to the other segments here, Oakland at Tennessee, we split on that one. Um, I'm going with Oakland, and Chris goes with Tennessee. And then Seattle and Green Bay, we split on that one. I'm going Seattle, Chris goes Green Bay. We do agree we're taking the Giants against the Cowboys. And then Philadelphia, Washington, uh, we're going. We're both going with the Eagles, and then we split again on uh, the Los Angeles Chargers at Denver. Uh, Chris, for some reason, likes the Chargers here, and I'm going with the Broncos. So, Frank here from Super BS, talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games, mostly. Oh yeah. That's that. Now, here we've got a segment. We get into our Gambler's Delight special. Now, here's what this is. We don't, we don't advocate gambling here. Of course, this is only for entertainment purposes. But if you happen to be in Vegas where gambling is legal and you got 20 bucks burning a hole in your pocket, you're walking by the sports book, what should you bet on? Is there a certain game and a point spread that you like? Is there an over-under that you just can't resist? What is it? So what we're going to do is turn to the Jersey guy who's uh, kind of familiar with these things, even though he doesn't have to disclose anything. But Chris, Gambler's Delight pick, what do you got this week? Oh, I love stereotypes. That's just because I have a vowel at the end of my last name, too. There's no no gambling. No gambling in New Jersey whatsoever, other than some card tables in Atlantic City. So, uh, look, um, from a gambler's perspective, I'm not a huge fan of week one. There's always upsets. This is a big part of the reason why I don't do survivor pools anymore, even if they are for fun. Uh, I remember back in the day, the Lily Houston Texans beating the Miami Dolphins on opening day. That said, um, yeah, one of the one of the underdogs I kind of like was the Chargers, but I'll give you another one. The Arizona Cardinals headed to Detroit to take on the new, uh, oh, what is that, 90-plus million-dollar man, Matt Stafford. I lost track by now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a home underdog, which always raises my eye and gets the light bulb going. Um, getting one point, essentially a pick em, but you know what? Uh, the Cardinals traditionally – don't always travel well. They don't always start the season well, as we saw last year against the Patriots. I know this is a new year, but uh, I could see this game being somewhat of a shootout, an exciting game. Um, apparently, the Lions' defense doesn't like to do too much. We'll see if that changes this year. But uh, for some reason, a home underdog, Matt Stafford, I could see this being a wild affair coming down to the end of the game. I'll just go out on a limb and say the Lions win. Now, that said, I'm not super confident on this. Like I was last year <laughs> betting against Phillip Rivers and the other team was getting points. Uh, however, like you said, maybe 20 bucks. 
save man, cut it in half, take ten bucks and go to Starbucks and get yourself a small drink. Put the other ten on the Lions plus one. <laughs> okay, and what I'm doing is I'm taking another underdog, and that is a team with something to prove. The New Orleans Saints, and I know they're not great on the road, but New Orleans Saints in Minnesota to face the Vikings. The Saints are a three and a half point underdog. Take the Saints and all those points. Adrian Peterson's in the backfield. He's going home to Minnesota. He's going to have something to prove. That crowd is going to be there. Uh, Drew Brees is going to be throwing. And then you got Sam Bradford on the other side. Is Sam Bradford to win a shootout? Really? I don't think so. New Orleans plus three and a half. Take those points, and you can thank both me and Chris on next Tuesday. Absolutely. Hey everyone, venture into the pop culture cosmos today, where you'll hear our conversations on different topics within the world of movies, TV, video games, comic books, technology, board gaming, and more. You'll also get a taste of some of our other shows within the cosmos as well. So come on and join us each week as we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. Okay, so here we go. Now, all of you, some of you don't gamble because uh, fantasy football is not gambling, by the way. It's been proven it's not gambling, but we do have our resident expert, Chris. I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself, how many years you've been at it, and we know that your fantasy picks are on point. So what have you got for it this weekend? Everyone's setting their lineups. Uh, talk to us. Hi, I'm Chris Sardieri. I'm your resident fantasy football expert. Like most, I don't have a website or a show to promote, and I'm not going to give you my rankings any week. That said, I will give you some nuggets based on uh, three-plus decades of watching football and the fact that uh, I've played fantasy long enough, and sometimes you just need to use your eyes instead of looking at numbers and rankings all the time. Uh, your draft is over. Your team's set. Do not overthink your lineup decisions in week one. Uh, whoever your starters are, the clear starters on your team, play them. Don't go and play, say, for instance, Jamal Charles in Denver. Will he get some reps? Absolutely, but he's not the starting running back. C.J. Anderson is. So my, my moral of the story for week one, don't overthink it. Go with what you know. I've got Marcus Mariota on one team. I'm not going to bench him because he's playing the Raiders and they've got a good defense. Let the chips fall where they may. In week one, a lot of times the defenses are sluggish. You could see some shootouts or some points. So go with what you know. Don't start rotating guys yet. Secondly, a very important thing, Sunday night, waiver wire activity. A lot of leagues won't unlock the waivers until Tuesday after the Monday night games. You need to start doing your homework Sunday night, Monday morning. And what you need to do is look for players who had big weeks. Look to see who got injured. I know the, the greatest fantasy football waiver pickup in history was Kurt Warner. You're not going to find him. He was a uh, the black swan, needle in the haystack, whatever phrase you like. However, there are guys out there you can get that will help your roster and will propel your team to victory. Uh, last year, Keenan Allen got hurt in the second quarter of game one. I managed to get out there and pick up Dontrell Inman, who later in the year turned out to be a good wide receiver. There's a guy out there last year in week one that a lot of people overlooked. Bears running back Jordan Howard. He wasn't even going to be the starter. He had a good game, scored a touchdown against the Texans. It's guys like that you want. Keep an eye on them. They kind of slide below the radar. You pick them up now, even if you have to stash them on your bench for a few weeks. Keep them there because they might emerge as starters. So you're not necessarily going to win the title in week one, but the, the waiver wire will never be this fruitful. So keep your eyes open. Watch the highlights. Look at the stat sheets. And good luck. <laughs> 
Okay, there we go. And everybody, uh, remember, you can follow Chris on Twitter at Chris L Sports. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at The Inside Sports. And by the way, those of you who are watching the video, if these look like Miami Dolphin colors, that uh, definitely is. I'm sporting the aqua and orange uh, to support my favorite team, even though I'm unbiased here on the show. But I do love the sport. And just like all of you out there, I do have my favorite teams and players. I happen to be a Dolphins fan. Chris is a Giants fan, but we are completely impartial here. So thanks for joining us. We'll be here every single week through the season. We got the picks for you. We got the uh, we got fantasy football for you. Uh, Gambler's Delight special. Everything you need. This is one-stop shopping right here. So everybody, for Chris Lardieri, this is Charles E. Smith Jr. Thank you for watching this Inside Sports production of NFL Football Talk. Remember, watch for our NBA show coming up in a few weeks with uh, Gerald Glassford and Anthony Barbarin. But thank you for joining us. We'll see everyone next week. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. That's uh, to us people that can feel things, it, it, uh, it hurts.